0: Worker of yours. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Tires. Tires? Twi- I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vee say Vee tires? Vive Cluco It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, wh- where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson.
1: I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952.
0: Irv buddy how we doing out there who's ready for a big game seven matchup between the Warriors and the Raptors huh well I saw Steph Curry was shooting a three with like a couple seconds left in the game I assume he made it no would you two down after that yeah I was like oh ball's up that's it I'll just shut it off right now did he didn't miss did he Hell's wrong with you! Steph Curry's the greatest basketball player ever. He wouldn't miss a shot in a deciding moment in an elimination game against an inferior team like the Raptors, would he?
1: Let me tell you something. That was actually one of the better NBA Finals games I've ever watched.
0: Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, it was it was funny because you know obviously there's the big narrative of all the injuries that the Warriors suffered. But at the end of that game, I'm watching it and I was trying to feel bad for the Warriors, and I was like, oh yeah. How rough is this? They only have three All-Stars on the court right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> isn't Steph Curry supposed to be a
0: top three, four player in the league? Well, this is this is the narrative, right? Like this was his opportunity without Kevin Durant to get the finals MVP that has eluded him. He never stepped up in that game series. There was never a point like he scored his volume points, but at the end of the game, when you need him, he wasn't there. But Demarcus Cousins slash into the lane. With, like, that little finger roll at the end, that was the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't feel bad for these guys at all. They have three all-stars on the court right now, two all-NBA players, and Draymond Green, I don't know if he's been all-NBA first team, but uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Steph Curry have. Well, I feel
1: like we do this all the time with the Warriors whenever they have injury troubles is that we always like to point out to the fact that somebody's hurt and that's why they lost. But at the end of the day, if we're going to hold Steph Curry in such high regard, again, I've heard mo- some pundits put him up as high as the fourth best player in the league, third best player in the league. Mm-hmm.
0: He changed the game. If he's he changed good, the game, will and, and he revolutionized have, the NBA.
1: If he's that good and you have such a great defensive player in Draymond Green and such a great sixth man in Andre Iguodala mm-hmm. and such a great all-star in DeMarcus Cousins, even though he Well, might DeMarcus be, Cousins
0: won some games for him in the finals, yeah. I thought. Yeah. This shouldn't be an excuse. No. None of it should. And give credit to the Raptors, please, people. They were really, really good the entire series. Even the games they lost, they never were afraid of the moment. Uh, Fred Van Vliet might be my favorite new player in the NBA. What do you have, 12 in the fourth quarter? I kind of thought he should have won finals MVP. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I, I... if he if he was, I don't think he was that consistent. Let me put it this way too. And Kawhi Leonard, you have to give a lot of credit to what he does on the defensive end. Everything that they
1: said in the acceptance speech for uh, the NBA MVP Finals of the MVP, they just kind of referenced his entire playoffs, which I thought was yeah. kind of interesting. That is weird. I thought the NBA Finals MVP was to the series, not the be. entire playoffs. That's why Andre Iguodala won. That one year, because he shut down LeBron James, he didn't particularly have a great NBA playoffs. Yeah. Just that one series. And so that's kind of why I did the Van Fleet uh, argument, because I was like, well, dude, he kind of saved their ass. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. No, I mean, he was. They he, couldn't score except for him at one point.
0: Yeah, but he was great in that game, too, though. He, he didn't do that the entire sure. time. He did take that sweet elbow, and he's got the Band-Aid in his eye, and he's got his tooth knocked out. Like, Looks like Nelly. That Band-Aid? Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, speaking of Nelly, I mean, shouldn't Drake, if, if we're going the entire playoffs, Drake should have won MVP. Yeah, I would contend. <laughs> Why wasn't Drake there? Was I it? not I couldn't figure that out. No, he was in Toronto, so he could celebrate with the uh, the folks out in Jurassic Park.
1: Dude, I thought he would have been there and just rushed the court and just started doing finger-pointings, and I told you so.
0: If, if I told you that somebody associated with the Raptors was going to be punching police officers because he couldn't a- get out for the trophy celebration... You would have picked Drake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? I love it that he,
1: that Masai Jerry punched a guy. That's <laughs> well, so cool.
0: He went to push him. His hand slipped up into the deputy's face. Dude, that is so badass that he did that. Dude, look at just like right there. We've touched on like 12 different storylines for the NBA finals. That was a really fun series. But good for him for actually
1: punching a dude in the face. <laughs> Because if there's any moment you can choose to punch a dude in the face and, like, get Get away away with with it, that's pretty much it right there. Uh, The only other thing I can think of is if you get elected president.
0: Wait, you're saying you get elected president, you start, like, throwing haymakers? I think if you get elected president and at
1: your... Oh, at the rally? At the election party. I'm not saying the inauguration. I'm saying, like, the election party when it's all over and they've counted all the electorals. If you clock a dude just clean in the face oh, yeah. and knock him out, I don't think anyone's going to say anything. Really? No. Yeah, I, I, I think, think they most, law, up. Uh, most law officers are just going to kind of go, Well, now, right. if,
0: now, if the person you're punching is an officer of the law, though, I think that's where I the difference is. I think they're going to give you a like pass. If, if he would have just found Bob Myers and punched him in the face, that would have been awesome. I, I I seriously think NBA title – Winning the presidency. Well, winning any championship in sports, I think you're allowed to do that unless it's soccer. I think if you are saved from a a
1: traumatic situation. Oh, okay. Say like you fell down a well and you've been down there for, what, a week? They get you out. I think you could get out, punch a dude, and no one would say anything.
0: Would, would hostage situations count the same way? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs>
1: Obviously. Yeah, when the officers are bringing you out and you're uh, you're full
0: of adrenaline and scared, yeah, you can punch an officer. What if you just got thrown out of a strip club because you were too drunk and misbehaving?
1: Well, I would like to think you're a hero in that case, but society, huh. stupid, would probably think otherwise. Well,
0: I won't say that I've been there, done that, but... I may have been there. It's a fine line, my friend, a fine line
1: when you can punch people. I'm,
0: it's I, like there's those yeah. gray
1: areas where like, hey, you just graduated with your NBA.
0: I'm going to punch a cop. Ooh. I, uh, yeah, well. well, and how closely associated with the team do you have to be to get away with it? So uh, Masai Ujiri is the general manager for the Toronto Raptors. He had a little scuffle with an officer because he didn't have the proper credentials. So if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, he was in the tunnel watching the game on the television. First of all, why are you doing that? He's in the tunnel watching the game on TV. He's very totally nervous. He's in the arena. Okay, so he's pacing back and forth. So then he goes to leave the tunnel. He doesn't have the proper credentials. A uh, officer of the law who is part of the you know enhanced enforcement and security detail, because if you win on your you know opponent's court, there's potential that people are going to go down there and kind of wreak some havoc. Officer didn't recognize him. They could do a little shovey-shove. And then on this second contact, Ujiri uh, hits the officer in the face. How hard? Eh, we don't know. So, how closely associated do you have to be with the team? Like, so you win the finals MVP. Can you just start laying out whoever you want? I think you get two. Okay. If you're like now, if you're what's the dude's name, the Warriors investor who pushed Kyle Lowry and started swearing at him, what, could that guy have gotten away with it after a championship? Pushing a
1: no, because he was just an investor. And I think that yeah. was completely overblown, by the way, uh, because I mean, not to go back a few stories, but that guy to me, like, I don't know why everybody was freaking out about that. Like, he's an investor. He's not really an owner. Yeah. Like, it would be way different if the actual owner of Jeffrey Laurie. Yeah. If he had done that. Okay. Uh, that's a little, that's a little upsetting, yeah. but some rich white dude investor that has no reference for anything that's going on around him, except the fact that his wife with fake tatas is right next to him. And he's pissed because he's not getting his drink court service wise. Like, nah, I don't care. Come on. You knew it. Look at that that guy. That guy. Totally.
0: Yeah. I I believe his net worth has a B on it though. So he feels like he could probably do whatever he wants.
1: Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, dude, You can't just be rich and punch a cop and get away with it. You gotta be rich and notable.
0: Okay. So so general manager, okay. Investor, not okay. Kawhi Leonard, completely okay. He should have probably punched somebody. And
1: is there anybody you would not want to get punched by more than Kawhi Leonard?
0: Um, Yeah, no, I don't want that guy punching me in the face at all. Um, Did you notice, though, after they won the game, the way the players reacted to Kawhi Leonard? We paint him in as this really weird guy that doesn't have a personality and and he doesn't you know interact with the media really well you see how much love he got from the players on both teams everybody coming up to him there was no media coming up to him there was no executives coming up to him I didn't see a single person in suit but everybody in a uniform came up to that dude and talked to him for at least a few beats and you know big smile on his face the whole thing but it, it seemed like the guy's pretty well liked by other NBA players and why wouldn't he be to be quite
1: honest I mean, think about the circumstances at which he demanded a trade. Really, yeah. really think about it just from an objective point of view. He was hurt and he felt like the advice he was getting from the team he was on was not consistent with what he felt. Sure. And I think from a player's point of view, you can empathize with that. Like if I'm a if I'm another NBA player and I that's what I'm understanding the situation is, I can completely empathize and go, Oh, okay, you're taking care of your body as a product and you felt like they weren't yep. serving you right. So You demanded a trade, now you've won an NBA title. I I can't hate on Kawhi Leonard for doing that.
0: Well, yeah, but it's also funny how we create the narrative on the way he talks in a press conference. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's the the guy, yeah, he's a little different, but as far as NBA players go, I don't think there's anybody that he hasn't earned the respect of. I mean, he's the first player ever to win a MVP, uh, finals MVP in both conferences. First guy ever to do that. There's only two other guys, I think, that have won – an MVP on two different teams, and uh, that's a guy named um, ooh, Lebron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Pretty good company to keep. Pretty good company, kind of odd company, anyway. Well, it's like not, not really. I don't know if
1: that statistic will hold over time. I mean, obviously it'll hold, but like
0: there's I, al- there's only like nine or like maybe a dozen players that have won multiple MVPs. So, like, I mean, how we- significant is that? I guess I don't know. Well, okay, here's what we'll do. I'm going to pull the list of guys that have won multiple MVPs and you tell me how impressive it
1: is. Multiple finals MVPs. Multiple finals okay.
0: MVPs. And uh, we'll take a look at the list and you can tell me exactly how impressive it is. We'll talk more about Kawhi Leonard and how weird he is as well. We'll do that all next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on a beautiful Saturday morning right here on Tenity The Fan. Three, eight, Welcome back to our final radio program. Luke Anderson, Will Darkens with you. Talking about the NBA Finals, I don't know if you know this, uh, but the Raptors won. Oh, good for them. Yeah, isn't that nice? Oh, That's so lovely. And then did you also know that the Toronto Raptors are the only NBA team from Canada? Now, oh, wait, really? Mm-hmm. Aren't yep. the Bucks? No, Milwaukee's in the United States. I don't believe you. They, I know, look at them up. <laughs> it's shocking. Minnesota Timberwolves, also U.S.
1: Okay, I, I, that's I, right out. I, I don't understand.
0: I, I know. That's, I know.
1: I know. That doesn't check out. That doesn't check out
0: with the maps I have over here. Yeah, your maps might be a little out of date. Uh, I don't know. Do me a favor. Take a look. Uh, okay. Tell me who owns the west coast of North America. If it's mm. Mexico, your maps are out of date.
1: Well, now, that's uh, that's undiscovered areas. I can't tell you the colonies. <laughs> I got and all those. 13 all thirteen of them on
0: there, do you? There's just a question mark over on the left. <laughs> not even a line. Very odd. We're not sure what's west of them Them plains there in the middle. Can you
1: imagine living at a time where you didn't have an idea, a general idea of where land masses are?
0: Would it be weirder to not know what the western United States looks like or to believe in manifest destiny? To Believe that there was a divine rights given by the gods that any lands to the west belong to us based on no other reason than well, we're white people, so, so it's probably we ours. have guns and you don't. So I know that there's people already that inhabit that space, but let's just go and just mow through those, uh, those bros and. Just move on out there. I think it's
1: a little bit weirder, even though that, of course, is extremely weird. <laughs> it's a little bit weirder to live it. I, I, it just, it would blow my mind. And yeah. this is just how I was raised. Obviously, I was raised at a time and born in a time where information is completely abundant. I, I, I can know whatever I want to know. But dude, like, we can get a satellite
0: picture of everything at think any Think
1: about point. that, dude. Just yeah. not knowing what the hell is over on the East Coast. Like, that's what it was yeah. at a certain time. Like... Well, see, uh, but, that, that like but, they got here at the colonies and they got on the East Coast and that's what it was. They drew the map and then they go. And then over here, uh, question mark, uh,
0: <laughs> there's some hey, stuff, uh, I think, hey, Meriwether, uh, William, <laughs> guys, uh, can you check out what's uh, to the left? Yes. Yeah. It's will you die. I but don't see. Know. See, here's what you're doing, though, is you're taking your today's self and putting them in that world. Mm. But the mentality that those people had is so much different than ours as well. That's where the manifest destiny thing and the whole, just let's go conquer these lands. It wasn't all that long ago. Yeah.
1: So what, you thought they were more concerned about procuring land
0: and well, they they go. They go, well, how do we, how, how can we say that that land belongs to us? Some guy goes, God said it was okay. Let's go. Yeah. Kind of bizarre thing.
1: They rode in on horses and threw Bibles at people.
0: It's you And smallpox blankets. What's there you worse?
1: Go. Getting, a, getting a book thrown at you? <laughs> okay, what would you rather have? Oh, boy. Somebody with an arm's length punching you in the face or throwing a King James Bible at your face?
0: How far away is the Bible being thrown from? Again, arm's length. Yeah, I don't want the book thrown at me. The punching's going to hurt. They're both going to hurt, but there's not as many pointy edges on a fist. Yeah, but think about the impact you can Like, yeah. like how many? Uh,
1: like, the, I almost would take the book because then there's a chance that. You, not get gonna say edge, gonna, you get well, the edge, are good. I'm not going to say they're going to miss, but like yeah. maybe they won't get all of my face. Yeah, like a punch, I think there's more accuracy. Yeah,
0: and it depends on how you throw the book because if you get it where it catches the pages and it opens up, it's not going to hurt nearly as bad. Yeah, but
1: then you get the paper cuts.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're getting any rash. I, I'm pretty confident that it's just not going to paper hit you and it's just paper cuts across your face. <laughs> Yeah, Looks like a cat got on your face. So anyways, uh, we looked it up. We confirmed, yes, Toronto is the only NBA team from Canada. They just won an NBA championship. Kawhi Leonard, they make a trade for Kawhi Leonard. They, they fire their coach. They bring in Nick Nurse, first-time head coach, and they take this big risk. And now you, you're you going into an offseason where you have all of these free agents, Kevin Durant, Kawhi... Um, Clay Thompson, obviously, with injuries, changes that up a little bit. But Jimmy Butler said that he doesn't want to be re-signed. He's going to test free agency instead of just taking the guaranteed $20 million. Kawhi Leonard, we have no idea what he's going to do. But you also have this built into everybody's minds going, dude, it's probably worth taking the risk. If Anthony Davis needs to be traded, even if it's a one-year rental, does this not dispel the idea of, oh, the one-year rental's a bad idea? We so were are you gonna- saying, does it set the precedent? It eliminates the idea in people's minds that, because we talked about this with Paul, back to Paul George. Well, no guarantee that he's going to re-sign. Well, he did. Well, you know, what if what if Kawhi doesn't re-sign? Well, he got a championship. Who cares? I mean, if you're the rest of the NBA, I think you're going to see some teams willing to make bolder moves than maybe two or three years ago. That's
1: I think it. you also need to consider your point of differentiation in terms of being a team right like if you're the raptors and you're on the east coast and it was seriously man i I understand that this was a risk and everybody's painting it as a risk but let's also consider this was the best timing possible like literally the best timing possible the fact that lebron LeBron james left um the warriors were a little bit weaker heading into this season than they were in years past last five years at least uh, and you also had an Eastern Conference that really was caught in a very unsure time. You had a Boston Celtics team that didn't understand how to play with Kyrie Irving. Uh, you had a Milwaukee Bucks team that was just coming up into prominence. They were the number one team out of the East, but they didn't quite understand how to win pivotal playoff
0: games against really good teams. And then you had the Sixers just being the Sixers. So- well, but the this- the Sixers, no, you have to give the Sixers a lot more credit now because they lost in a game seven to the eventual NBA champions. I mean, that it, it required a last second shot that bounced on the rim nine times. I think
1: the Raptors fell fair. into incredible timing. Yeah, I think they did that. And so if you're another NBA team and you're looking at this free agency period and you're thinking about uh, going all in on a guy or, you know, making a trade that kind of just has that go all in mentality, you really have to take a look at the landscape and where you are. Now, if you're on the West Coast and you're a Western Conference team, this is is there's no better time than right now. <laughs> yeah. None. The Six Warriors, to nine
0: months for Clay Thompson to oh. return at least a year, they're saying, for Kevin Durant. Dude, I am so pumped up for the NBA
1: next year. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be that much yeah, better. Yeah, but aren't
0: you excited for the offseason? Eh.
1: Really? I think it's pretty well established at this point. We'll get to it in good versus evil, but it, it is very well established at this point. Kyrie Irving's going to Brooklyn.
0: Well, that's fine, but where's Jimmy Butler going? Where's Kawhi Leonard going? Where Leonard,
1: I kind of feel like might stay in Toronto.
0: Where does Anthony Davis end up? I think, uh, think there's enough pieces. The that... Lakers. <laughs> nah, he will. Yeah, they're willing to make a three-team trade, and you're kind of yeah. you're curious what kind of happens with all that. But...
1: I think the Lakers will fold at a certain point because the Lakers are now looking at the landscape in the West, and they're seeing that the Warriors won't be as good. The Rockets are trying to blow up. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of at that mid-tier talent level where you have uh, – you know, the Trailblazers, uh, the Jazz, Thunder, it's it's mid-tier level talent. So I, I I think Anthony Davis will probably go to the Lakers, and you'll see the Lakers have to give up a lot of picks, and definitely Brandon Ingram. That'll yeah. be.
0: Well, and you wonder, you know, to keep it local, how much do the Blazers need to improve if there is all of a sudden a void left by the, all these injuries to the, to the Warriors? Well,
1: they need to improve a lot. Unfortunately, they really can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's nothing they can do. No,
0: I, I I would disagree with that. There's quite a bit of room in the salary cap when you look at how much the numbers grew. And I realize that their roster spots are pretty much full, but there's always teams willing to take expiring contracts. And and it you just wonder how much Neil Shea is in love with the team that went to the Western Conference Finals and wants to keep all those pieces. Is Zach Collins sacred? Is C.J. McCollum sacred? Is you know I mean we've we've said it for years that if we were in charge of the team now we're idiots. So in fairness, well, if we were but, in
1: charge of the team, we were already traded everybody away for Pelley. That's I think we established you and that I last would weekend. have. but
0: I guess the global we here in Portland, we would say that everybody's on the trading block except for Damian Lillard. Well, and you're also
1: getting into a situation where you're going to have to release a lot of dudes that were your glue guys this last season. Seth Curry, uh, probably won't be on the team anymore. Um, You know, Myers Leonard, you're going to have to make that decision, though. I I kind of feel like, you know, you you can't keep that guy. I know it was, you know, one or two games that he kind of lit everything up. But you can't really base... You can't really base everything off of those two performances. The other one's Zenas Cantor. He's obviously going to leave because he had a great postseason. Yep. And, uh, he just you know. looks too valuable. Yeah, he's too valuable. He's going to get money somewhere else. And so I, I think for the most part, you're going to see kind of the same thing that the Blazers did this season that they did last season, which is you already have your core in CJ, Nurk, and Dame. And now you're going to go out and try to find role players that complement them and hope that you don't have any catastrophic injuries like you did this last season
0: we got to get to one thing here on the Better You Today text line. We do have a correction. The Memphis Grizzlies play in Vancouver still. They're just sponsored by Memphis, Tennessee. See, I didn't know that. And neither did I, but it says right here on the text line, so obviously that's true.
1: Well, now, where – they – Yeah,
0: so they play – Really? They, yeah, apparently they're still in Vancouver, but uh, the tourism board for Memphis, Tennessee, decided to sponsor the Vancouver Grizzlies and paid a lot of money to get that uh, you know Vancouver logo off of the jerseys. Apparently – I mean, it's on the text line – I've never been to Memphis, so I can't confirm or deny. That yeah, that's I kind of thought
1: that FedEx was, it, it was in
0: I, Memphis, right? I mean, Isn't I, that it? I don't know. 55305 is the Better You Today text line. It says right on there. Someone texted in. Do you think someone would try to pull the wool over our
1: eyes? To be fair, I don't even know where Tennessee is to be. I mean, I'm looking at my map right now, and again, it's just a a massive slivered landmass. It's owned by some other
0: country. It's very odd. The other thing I wanted to get to here real quick was the list of multiple-time Finals MVP winners. And tell me how impressive it is. So, obviously, you've got Michael Jordan at the top of the list. He has six... NBA Finals MVPs. Rather impressive. That's pretty good. The next best is only three. It's a guy named Magic Johnson. Hmm. Shaq has three, all with the Lakers. A guy named Tim Duncan has three. Okay. And uh, by a guy by the name of uh, Lebr- Le- LeBron James. James? LeBron James. Could have gone another way with that. James? Uh, LeBron James, two with the Heat, one with the Cavaliers. So he's one of two, pl- one of three players now with uh, two different teams. So here's the guys. Tell me how good of a uh, company this is with two NBA Finals MVPs. Willis Reed, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. That's and pretty damn good company. That's pretty good. You forgot to admit Kevin Durant, but... Um, at, listen. He got the award. No, I understand. You just need to admit him, but um, yeah, omit, omit him. Omit him. yes. not admit him. Yeah, yeah. Omit him from omit. that. Uh, because they don't count. Yeah. So everybody else, though, that's about right with Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard, and I think those are kind of, kind of the more uh reasonable comparisons. Because I know this uh, postseason, a lot of people have been trying to compare Kawhi Leonard with Michael Jordan, and yes, I will admit there are some similarities. In terms of how they play, not their yes. greatness. Yes, no, absolutely. How they play, how they move around the court, and how they create shots for themselves. There are some very stark similarities.
0: You know what reminds me most of Jordan is when he just holds the ball back with the one hand, just the the giant hands and his his physicality uh, on the perimeter. That's... Dude, do you remember that I texted you? I forget
1: which game it was in the series where he just. F'd up Kavon Looney. Like (laughs) he's seriously, that's That's one of the more frightening things with Kawhi Leonard is that when he gets inside and you, and I I think it was Van Gundy who was saying it when he gets inside and as a defender, if you give him an alley, if you go sideways, you're screwed. Like he will take it. And no matter how much you're trying to close that gap, he will just muscle the F out of you. And that's what
0: happened to Kavon Looney. And he frigging threw him like, yeah. Ten feet that way. Well, and, and that's a funny thing, is you look at it and you look at his temperament and you don't think that he has that killer instinct that Kobe or or um, Jordan had, but he just he moves through defenders, he has that agility, he has that physicality where he can kind of go and play against anybody. Um, you just wonder if he just turned up the the stank face. Is that what you would call it? Well, he turned it up in Game 5, and I kind of yeah.
1: thought that was going to be it when he was scoring, like, what, 8, yeah. 10 points straight? I think he had
0: 10 or 12 in a row. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but if he did that all the time, you wonder what it would be like. But there, here he is. That's a uh, pretty damn good company as far as multiple-time finals MVPs.
1: And I would say, again, you, you consider, you know, who was it? Hakeem Olajuwon, Larry Bird, all those
0: guys, It's the twos. Yeah, yeah. yeah so twos. Again, yeah. I'll do it really quick. Willis Reed, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, Asterix, Kevin Durant, and then Kweiler.
1: Qu- uh, I can't believe that uh, Kareem didn't get more.
0: Well, Doesn't again, he played right. with Magic. Magic had three.
1: Yeah. So
0: Yeah, that's one of those things, too,
1: where it's like uh, Steph Curry, you would have, kind of thought would get at least one. Again, that's why you put the asterisk by Kevin Durant because yeah, yeah. he didn't earn him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100% there's no way that he did anything to help those two teams win those championships.
1: It's pretty easy to win an NBA title when you can take 8 minutes off on the floor, not yeah. playing defense and not scoring. I
0: understand that, but if you and I are put on uh, those teams, yes we win a championship, no we do not win the most valuable player award and we're not considered for it. So, maybe did something a little bit.
1: I don't know. All I know is that Andre Iguodala won one of those just because he uh, yeah. was a good defender on LeBron James.
0: You know what? Who sh- you know who should have won one of those, even in the loss LeBron James could have won the MVP for how good he was. Oh yeah. In 15. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. he should have. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, kids. Uh, I'm going I'm to bring up a couple golf stories that the golf show didn't bring up because uh, there's two f- very funny things that happen in the U.S. Open, at least in my mind. So we'll do a little bit of that next. We'll get to some good versus evil. But first, your Sports Center update. Fight for the Better you today text line is 55305. I mean, this is twice today that I need to apologize. First, we were wrong about the Memphis Grizzlies really still playing in Vancouver, even though they're sponsored by Memphis, Tennessee. Second, I left out the stat. Uh, it said, here's the text. I'll just read it. I think the stat Luke is leaving out are Kevin Durant's cheese butt ratio, his plus-minus fromage derrière rate to his total combined CB. And that is true, so accept my apologies for that. KD,
1: you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? KD,
0: LeBron, he gonna yam on you. But he is, in fact, cheese butt. Yes. is. Uh, we will get into some... It's been confirmed. It has been confirmed.
1: Did By you, did scientists. You get,
0: did you feel a little bad when he hurt himself? No, not at all. Wow.
1: Honestly, not, not in the least.
0: You're cold-hearted.
1: No, I'm not cold-hearted because if the NBA is a profession and it is about making money, as so many players say it is, then that was the stupidest business decision (laughs) you could have ever made. Ever. Which, if you read the reports before the game, he went out to practice and couldn't stay out for five minutes. If that's what you're facing, dude... You don't need to be on the floor. You've won two finals MVPs. You've won two NBA titles. You have zero to play for at this point. You're a snake. Everybody knows it. Just wait. (laughs) You can sign your player option, go somewhere else next year. Just be who you already think we are. (laughs) Or you are. I'm sorry. I I just, yeah. And then Klay Thompson, the worst of all. I got Clay back here doing jumping jacks. He's getting ready in in the locker room. Oh, yeah, he tore his ACL. Never
0: mind. He's jumping around. He's excited. That was like one second apart, those reports, too. Oh, he's jumping around. He's feeling good. Oh, yeah, never mind. His His
1: dad's asking him, are you sure you're okay to play? He goes, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah, he tore his ACL. It's a season-ending injury. (laughs) I I, I just, to me, I I get it. I know the whole heart of a champion thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But over and over and over and over and over again, I hear from NBA players that you have to think about this as a business and you have to think about your body as an asset. If your body is in fact an asset and you have a doctor come in front of you and he goes, yeah, it kind of feels like you tore your ACL (laughs) and you're jumping around doing jumping jacks. You're an idiot.
0: Well, he's trying to impress You Can't blame the guy
1: for that. Great, dude whatever uh and, oh yeah i just want to tack on to yeah. that uh you kind of deserved the first injury you had because you're friggin' throwing your legs out when you're shooting to try to draw contact <laughs> probably the most awesome thing ever somebody uh, doing that cheap move and then getting hurt that's with zero get hurt. contact yeah, yeah. no nah, you deserve that one okay
0: all right well Glad, glad that you have strong feelings. So
1: about- glad this team is done, dude. So glad. You
0: you hate them more than anybody that I can think of.
1: But- I hope that they're hovering around 500 when they get to the All-Star break and have to trade Draymond Green. It'll be so great. <laughs> and then you'll go to Charlotte with Kemba Walker, and everybody will realize how inept he is. It'll be awesome. All right. Just, All right. just the flaming... Flaming out of a of a of an ignorant and awful dynasty that would have been great if they wouldn't have gotten Kevin Durant.
0: Pick your favorite story from the U.S. Open. Uh, I know that you produced the golf show. I don't think they talked about either of these moments, uh, at least not that I heard, but I was getting ready for our award-winning show. Patrick Reed duffs a chip and mm-hmm. then proceeds to snap his wedge over his knee, which is kind of awesome. It's pretty sweet. Or... Out-of-control golf cart sends spectators to the hospital. Yeah, it's the machine uprising. (laughs) That's your favorite story. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, how great is that? (laughs) (laughs) Out-of-control golf cart. Can you imagine going to the U.S. Open? I mean, Pebble Beach... (laughs) <laughs> there's no more serene setting for golf. It's right along the Pacific ocean. It's absolutely beautiful. Obviously it's got all the history that's there. Uh, you know, the, the conversation that they were having about whether or not, you know, golf has, has moved beyond a course like this, but it's still so challenging. No, the, the two stories that catch my attention, <laughs> some guy loses control of the golf cart and mows over a bunch of spectators, sending somebody to the hospital. Or you got a guy snapping the golf club over his knee, like Bo Jackson, which nowhere near like bo jackson that was that was the comparison it had in the article or the couple tweets that i saw about it dude that guy snapped baseball bats over his knee a golf club is hardly
1: okay boxes were loaded onto the accelerator that's how it got out of control yeah because my next question was about to be like can you explain to me how this thing lost like we lost control of the golf cart. Yeah. That dude's fired, whoever it is. Oh, for sure. Uh, and also, how frightening is it on a quiet golf, golf course? Cars? Yeah. That you're just sitting there watching and then you glance over to your left and all of a sudden you think that it's the machine uprising. <laughs> it's just coming for you.
0: Imagine if it were taking out a golfer.
1: Like, pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> it's just running rogue or just runs across the fairway and jumps into the ocean undercuts Phil, takes him, (laughs) takes Phil with him into the ocean. Well, here's the thing is I I saw the headline and then I got caught in a loop of, uh, a couple years ago, there was a trend where uh, everybody kept shooting videos of them running over their buddies in golf carts. I don't know if you ever caught any of that, but yeah, I'm just going to run over my buddy while we're out golfing. I'm going to hit him with this golf cart. I was not aware of that trend. That's a thing. And you can go up and find YouTube videos of guys crushing bros with golf carts. Is there a more frightening
1: machine to become sentient and start thinking on its own and become aggressive than a golf cart? Yeah. Big Not rig. a gun.
0: Big rig. A big rig? I'm just saying on wheels. Yeah, just make the golf cart bigger. Like, however much bigger the car can get, it's that much scarier. But could you imagine one of those, uh, you know, autonomous big rigs just running you down? Like, isn't that a movie just waiting to be made? Yeah, well, I mean, that's Terminator. Wait, I don't think it's... a. I mean, he's in a big, isn't it? That's that's, Terminator three. The transformers.
1: Well, no, they're, they're, they're transformers. There's space aliens. There's a difference between a basic appliance figuring out it. It has a mind and it's angry and a transformer.
0: It's very true. We will talk more appliances in hour two. Uh, We will also get into the NBA off season. um, And then we've got baseball talk. (laughs) Baseball. Ugh. But first, we have to get to good versus evil. That is next. you will listen to the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Band. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened today? What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions. I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, bro. <laughs> Let the sinner and the saint shred the nar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for good versus evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. Eight oh eight on ten eighty. The fan. The impact I can have on you know thirteen or fourteen you know young women I've coached every year is really important. But if there's a chance to impact a million, that's pretty neat. Sorry, I came back from the bathroom. That's okay. how to go? Script up. Everything go well? Oh, what do you think? Uh, well, you, you, you look a little um, moist, <sighs> a little sweaty, a little uh, beaded on the brow
1: there. Well, that was Trent's sending badass Lindsay Gottlieb. This week, the door to women coaching in men's basketball was slowly cracked open thanks to the Cleveland Cavaliers hiring Cal Bears coach as an assistant. It's one thing. For those who have played or coached in the WNBA, like Becky Hammond or Sue Bird, to get a chance on the men's side, but a women's college coach, well, it's kind of unheard of. She's the first woman college head coach recruited to the league. Let's say this goes really, really well. Do you see it being a trend?
0: Well, I mean, it's already starting to be a trend. I mean, I don't know that it it matters necessarily the path that you take to get there, but more women... Participating in men's sports I think is always a good thing. You've seen an official in the NFL is a female. You're seeing broadcasts change over so they're a little bit co-ed. Yeah, I think it's always good. And, and, you know, here I am uh, with, you know, two twin daughters and uh, you see more opportunities for women me it's something that i look at through a new lens so i think it's fantastic and i really did like her comments you know if you can in fact impact the uh, millions of people uh, by what you do so i don't know how you can do anything but wish it well they gonna All come right. tell me hey you know hey we wanna we wanna holler at you man right. that number gonna be so ungodly i'm gonna just <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing, I got it. that number gonna be so ungodly they gonna just look they're going to have a little bit. they gonna have a little bit for me. That's all I need to know. They're going to say, "Oh. Oh god. We can't get a little discount with."
1: That was what would have happened if Flavor Flav played football. Jalen <laughs> Ramsey, the loudmouth shutdown corner was told by his agent after a mini camp practice this week that the Jaguars will not offer him an extension in 2019. He's currently under contract till the 2020 season is due 21 million dollars over that time. He later stated on Twitter that when 2019 does come around, quote, I'm going to ask for so much money, they have to put me on layaway. Oh, snap. Is Ramsey worth a big-time contract?
0: Uh, shutdown corners are are worth a fair amount. I mean, if you can take away half of the field or, you know, number one receiver, it's valuable. But I always go back to the, the, the positions of the most value. On the offensive side of the ball, it's pretty obvious it's quarterback. But on the defensive ball you pay your pass rushers I think you know the I can't remember where I heard it It might be a Colin Coward thing but you know corner takes away one guy a pass rusher can take away uh, the entire uh, play so you take away the whole field when you can get home so I don't know probably I mean he's very very good but uh, Jacksonville went from an AFC championship game to out of the playoffs and uh, their defense was a big reason why I mean Yeah, they had Blake Bortles, but their defense led them there one year and the next year they're going. Now they got Nick Bowles. Yeah, Nick Bowles got a Super Bowl ring, so uh, you can't blame him, right? He's perfect. I mean, we could blame him. All right, we'll see what happens, I guess.
1: Uh, Most players at that age aren't being dictated to by their agent where they're going to play. Jeff Wexler did an outstanding job for Kyrie throughout his whole career. The Uncle Drew campaigns, a lot of national marketing, and when Kyrie wanted to get out of Cleveland, he helped get him to the org- one of the
0: organizations he wanted to go to, in Boston. But players certainly have a right to be to have the representation they want. I'm told that Kyrie is headed toward Rock Nation.
1: That was high school math teacher who's a mid tier ping pong champion on the weekend. Adrian Wojnarowski, he's talking about the latest drama surrounding Kyrie Irving and NBA free agency. Irving split with longtime agent Jeff Wexler this week. He signed almost immediately with jay-z's talent agency rock nation and now there's serious rumors that he's gonna sign with the brooklyn nets what should the nets do with d'angelo russell if this does in fact happen
0: oh you just have a two-headed monster there's no more uh valuable combination than having two undersized guards as your leadership base it'll get you to now early. how would you know that <laughs> off uh, the experience off yeah. of watching a team that might be local yeah, if there's a possibility, uh, D'Angelo Russell is having an interesting career so far. The Lakers gave up on him; it looks like too quickly, and now it looks like the Nets are going to have uh, you know a better version of him uh, coming in. So you wonder—I don't know what 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 is he worth on the open market? That's why I think this season's going to be so interesting. Maybe and- you want to tip your hat to the Pelicans. Yeah, try to get that first pick. Or are you saying go after Anthony Davis? go after anthony davis that's what i would, I would say yeah i would well, say hey, dangle, if you're bringing in kyrie irving you need to surround him with uh veterans yeah and, dangle russell out there throw a draft pick in maybe another yeah.
1: role player and say hey you're gonna get zion here in a little bit why not compliment him with a score yeah yeah
0: absolutely so yeah i think i think you uh i think you'd see what you can get for him yeah he has had a weird career yeah but he's got a weird face so. <laughs>
1: I think it's his hair that's very His face isn't too weird, is
0: it? That's nah, not super weird. It's a little weird though. You got a face I don't like. Yeah, I would say that. It's not—it's not as punchable as some, but it's just its a—he's got a weird face. It's hard to read.
1: This is my favorite story of the week, and it comes from Louisiana.
0: Louisiana. Get down there and in the Country?
1: Here is your headline: Deputies. Alligator bit off a piece of a patrol car.
0: Dang, what about them gators down there?
1: Sheriff's deputies in Louisiana say an alligator took a bite out of
0: one of their patrol cars. A bite out of it. Okay. Where? On the car. Take a fender off? Take off a headlight? Eat a whole tire? How big was that old, bald old gator down there?
1: WBRZ TV reports deputies were called Monday to Louisiana Highway One, because apparently it was the first highway ever, in right. Caddo Parish after someone spotted the gator uh, in the middle of the road. Uh, deputies were waiting in the wild, uh, waiting for wildlife removal experts to arrive when the gator chomped off a piece of the front bumper. Awesome. Deputies estimate the alligator was eight feet long. That is frightening. Yeah. Yes, it is. I think I would want to encounter a shark before a gator.
0: No, because you don't encounter a lot of sharks on land where you have the advantage. If you encounter a shark, you're in the water. I'm pretty sure if you encounter a gator, it's going to be on land. I feel like running the opposite direction of the gator is a pretty uh, viable option.
1: But with sharks, it's like... I don't know. There's so many stories of people getting away from, from shark sharks? attacks.
0: Yeah. I mean, shark attacks don't kill a lot of people, but it's gator. Like gator attacks. I
1: feel like if a true gator attack happened, you'd be screwed because so many people would try to like stop that thing, but it has such a slow center of gravity. <laughs> that it's like the only, uh, the only like solution is to shoot it. And if a cop's not around, you're screwed.
0: Well, I was, I'm always packing heat. Don't oh, are you? That. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I a, didn't know that. I oh, got my shot off and got the gator
1: come down. You me. got a boomstick, one of those old <laughs> prospector guns? <laughs> didn't gate
0: one of them old gators gets loose. All you do is just kind of aim in the direction and uh, shoot him to blow up. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like gators, uh, yeah, they don't they don't uh, drag you under the water to your uh, icy death in the depth of the ocean as much as, as sharks do. I'm okay with with either. Like, if that's the way I gotta go, if a gator gets me or if a shark gets me, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't need a, I don't need a peaceful death in my You're sleep. You're okay with that? Yeah, let's, we all got to die. I mean, listen, if I have it my way and the gator gets me, I'm 103 already. And I'm just an old man, and I just didn't have the agility that I did when I was a younger person, even though I have a bionic leg. Wasn't quite able to get away from that gator. I'm okay with that. I don't want to die tomorrow from a gator, but yeah, versus like, oh, he died peacefully in his sleep. Why is it that you were 103 and wrestling gators? Yeah. Why were you
1: wrestling the gator? I was bored. I was like, God, this is going to keep going on forever. Is it, is it that you lost so much money in gambling late in your life and that you, you're you no longer valuable to the workforce except for wrestling gators? the
0: only place I haven't sullied my reputation. It's yeah. Gator Farms in Louisiana. They're so like, that's, you're out of that's touch. Last, that's the last place, the The last bastion of solitude where I can go and live out my life peacefully. It's on a gator farm. Everywhere else, I've sullied my name so much that people are coming after me to to you know repay my gambling debts. So, yeah, I'm on a gator farm. And, uh, you know, one day the gator gets uh, gets into me. I pull out the boomstick, but the uh, the flint, uh, you know, doesn't uh, light. Then you look the, down to reload, and all of a cap, sudden the gator's the cap right in the mu- face. Yeah, the cap on the muzzle loader uh, got a little wet from, uh, you know, swamping around, and it uh, won't fire. Can't get her, can't get that muzzle loader to fire, and the gator takes me down. 103 years old. Lived a good life. A lot of people hated him. A couple of people loved him. That's what'll be on your uh, I love a eulogy. On your tombstone, too. How they
1: have like the uh, the the brass moldings of people in their faces, oh, yeah. like your brass it'll molding will be, me be you. Well, no, it'll be you <laughs> with the fumbling around with the gun, and then like the
0: gator just pouncing on you. Oh yeah, he was a confusing man. Yeah, well, he lived, he lived an interesting life, so yeah, I'm okay with that. How do you want to die? Not by the hands of a gator. No, the jaws of a gator. It's totally different. If a gator kills me with its hands. That's a bad way to go. He just surgically dismantles me. Like Dude, gator I torture. think that'd be
1: way more badass than him just <laughs> biting you to death. Well, like, they- how awesome would it be if the gator got the gun from you, and now, he's, now you're on the other end of it, and the gator's got the boomstick. <laughs>
0: the gator pulls me apart with his tiny little arms yeah. and claws. Burr.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think you want to go that way. Then the gator goes on rampage. You're now,
0: of, I, I don't want to die at the hands of animal. You're one of those wussy. Uh, you're, you're probably going to be killed by a hippopotamus, let's be honest. But you're probably one of those wussy no. who wants to die peacefully. Don't even. What? No. I, I, We're not going to get into the hippo I, argument. I, I, no, listen. I didn't say the first hippo you face. It's down the line. When you became famous hippo warrior, it's like, uh, you know, what was his name? Uh, crocodile guy. Uh Carson Daly. I don't think that's it. Oh, who was it? Steve Irwin. Oh, Steve Irwin. You know what I mean? Like if you if you if you wrestle enough stingrays, one's going to get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you are with hippos. You became famous for your hippo fight. I am
1: famous for my and you and you
0: win again and again and again until you finally lose. And when you lose, it's death. Well, and I would
1: lose at an older age because again, the strategy to beat a hippo is it's the rope a dope strategy. Just
0: run the hippo out. Yeah. That's all. it's all you have to do. Yeah, and you, you roll an ankle. You go up, and uh, and and Danny Green bumps you while you're in the air, and all of a sudden you got an ACL tear, and then the hippo gets you. Yeah, well, and, you, well, and, you know,
1: it. you're trying to shoot a basketball and draw contact on the hippo, and then you land awkwardly on it, and you're out for a game. Blame me. When all you really had to do was not draw contact and just yeah. make the just, shot yeah, because yeah, you're, you're one of the best, of the best shooters of yeah. all time. Yeah, so anyway, you know, no, that's totally okay, Clay Thompson. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Will Darkins will lay out uh, the five-step plan to an NBA championship for the offseason uh, for the Portland Trail Blazers, and we'll do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan.